Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to The Roz Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. Of course, I'm your host, Ivan Temelkov, and in a little bit here, I will be joined by my amazing co-host, Courtney Turner. But uh, before she joins me, as I'm waiting on her to hop in the studio here, first of all, this is the first live broadcast that we've done since February 22nd, I believe. The last live broadcast of the Roz Project that we did was on February 22nd, based on my record. So Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are happening. A lot of great things are happening. And I'm beyond, beyond ecstatic to share with you guys. In fact, one of the one of the things that I've been working on, and this has been a dream of mine for about three years now, is actually coming to fruition. And I'll be able to share on social media later on this week, but not quite yet. Not quite yet. Other things I wanted to mention also before we kick things off here. So I feel like we are finally out of the woods with this winter thing, at least here in the Midwest. It's been crazy, crazy weather. I know we've got almost a foot and a half of snow about a month ago, roughly. One of the biggest blizzards and storms we have seen in the Midwest in recent years, in fact. And now we're up in like 40, 50, 60, even mid 70 degree weather. It's crazy. I don't know about you guys, but my sinuses felt like they were going to explode. I shit you not. And I guess that's what happens when you get old, right? Is just that, let's just say that your health doesn't get any better. But that is one of the things I'm really excited about because uh, I've talked about this also in the podcast before that I've been a cyclist for about eight years now. And I'm getting excited as the weather is getting warmer outside because I can get out there, get on the trail, you know. Uh, put the pedal to the metal, so to speak, and uh, get some miles in, you know. Um, in fact, actually, last week, I was able to put in about 11 miles on the bike. And I got to tell you, it was absolutely invigorating, absolutely invigorating. And in fact, that is one of the things that we're we're going to talk about is why was it so invigorating in the topic of this show, this episode, and that is the war against yourself. Why should you care? Why are you fighting a war against yourself? And what does that really mean? And what do you need to do to win that war? And I'm actually going to be awaiting um, my co-host, Courtney Turner to be joining me here in a little bit before we jumpstart that discussion. But, you know, other things that I also wanted to share with you guys, we've got great content that's lined up uh, here in the next few weeks. Also, some great things that we are doing with uh, Razor Sharp Digital, my company. Um, We're really, really going into the video realm of things. And I'm pretty excited about that because it's something that I really, really, really wanted to emphasize upon and on that note speaking of video in 2020 one of the biggest things that really helped me grow my business uh, was the fact that i doubled down on personal branding 
And I know a lot of people will say, Ivan, why are you making these crazy videos, man? And why are you wasting your time? Like, there's no payoff in that. Well, there's a huge payoff in that. Why is there such huge payoff in personal branding? Well, we do business with people we like and trust. So the way you build likability, if you want to establish likability in the social media space, is you create more transparency around yourself. You expose the vulnerability, which is something that a lot of people are actually uncomfortable in doing. And honestly, here's what I found is a lot of entrepreneurs specifically that are not investing in personal branding or doing it poorly is the reason they are doing it that way is because in part, they're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid to share certain things online because they're afraid of being judged. And I was one of those people, you know, for many years, I was afraid what people would think of me if I said something, if I acted in a certain way, if it wasn't up to their expectations. So that is probably one of the biggest things, you know, that has been extremely, extremely, extremely beneficial. And if you're watching this or listening to this episode, which by the way, the audio portion of this episode 110 wow 110 live episodes of the Roz project will be available later on today in audio on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, amazon pandora uh spotify you can check it out and if you haven't subscribed then what are you waiting for just go and hit that subscribe button. That way you'll be notified every time we're live in video and audio. And I see Courtney uh, is in the studio. She is in the room. So let me go ahead and bring her in. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I was waiting for you to join us this morning. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's Monday, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. I was just talking about how the fact that the last live show that we did was nearly a month ago. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, you know, so, so many things are happening. By the way, how are you this morning? How's, how's your Monday going? It's going well. I, I, I mean, Monday, whatever day, I feel like I'm, I'm really busy. <laughs> so the, the days are super blending and yeah. it's all good. You know yeah. a lot of it, but yeah, so I just You're very busy. <laughs> you're 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 fighting the good fight like all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely fighting the good fight. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and and and, and I know you have a lot of things happening for you, and that's yeah. exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh I know you've been working really really hard uh in 2020 to really bring to fruition a lot of different things, a lot of business ideas, a lot of goals and dreams that you've had. And on top of it all, you're moving to Nashville right? We don't know yet. So it's a really crazy seller's market. Um, uh -huh. I actually lost the house that I was trying to put an offer in on. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So which is fine. You know, it wasn't meant to be. Um, and okay. I, I may treat this more like a research kind of experience, you know, getting a sense of what I want. Now I really have a good sense of what it is I want and what I'm looking for. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to dive into the market just yet because it, it's a crazy market things are very overpriced um yeah. we're getting into bidding wars so it's very rare that the price listed 
is the price that you're going to get it for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, uh, it's definitely been an experience, but it, it shows that, you know, uh, my thoughts on like where things are in the country was pretty accurate. You know, people are fleeing the blue states. They're fleeing the cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, these properties are not in the city. I'm not looking at Nashville. So the fact that the, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's really crazy, right? To think about that mm -hmm. it's not even in the city and people are getting into bidding wars. It's mostly outside of the city. I mean, the city, yeah. Nashville is booming and, you know, it's definitely um, a, a crazy seller's market in here too, like inside the city. I'm staying inside Nashville, but properties yeah. I'm looking at are not in the city. I think I might be done with that. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you because I know you were you were talking about relocating and, and sort of turning a page in the book of Courtney, uh, yeah. so to speak. And uh, that's really exciting. And, and, I, and I truly hope it works out. It's um, interesting. Ironically enough, you were talking about it's really a seller's market is yeah. it really is because there's just so much shifting happening with people. But it's interesting. You said that you're getting into bidding wars because uh, we're looking to purchase a property later this year for the family, you know, to call it the dream home. And uh, I knew that I was going to be up against something like that because yeah. it's just in part, I think it's it's getting so saturated as well. And so many people are also wanting to purchase because it is a seller's market, like you said. Uh, but as a result, it's creating you know so much friction and difficulty. Like you said, you know, you had put in a, a bid for a house that you wanted and then you ended up losing losing that bid. So now it's just it and you know how crazy it is that this shows you what a seller's market is. I lost it mm -hmm. to somebody. It was only on the market for less than a day. The other person bid they put it all cash offer, no contingencies, no inspection. Oh my God. We're talking about, yeah. And I, another property I was looking at, like there, it's new construction. You don't even get to see the house. The builders will not give you option on the fixtures. And you have 48 hours to put in your bid. And whoever gets the highest bid gets it. It closes out. You don't even see it. That, that, that is that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And this, this is not like something we've, it's certainly mm -hmm. not like something I've witnessed. And I used to work in real estate. So I worked yeah. in New York City. So, you know, it's not it's not a market I'm totally, you know, uh, ignorant to. You know, I have yeah. some this. I certainly haven't been in the market for a long time. But yeah, I definitely haven't seen anything like this. And I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I, I do think it's a bubble <laughs> and I do think it will burst. I just don't know when, you know. Yeah. It, six months it could be a few years you, you never know so yeah no that's that's a really good good point um so speaking of changes and everything that's happening today is did you notice something different about me today by the way something different <laughs> about you yes that's the riddle of this morning so i'm wearing a blue shirt which i yeah, traditionally I was, I, that was the first thing that came to my mind i was like wait is he talking about the color of his shirt <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and and the reason I brought this oh, up is because I traditionally wear white shirts, as you've yeah, seen. Right. It, it's kind of like my mantra. You've, you've worn black shirts too. I I have occasionally. I have right. I have very occasionally. In fact, uh, one of the only actually I have three black shirts. Actually, <laughs> the reason why I mentioned this, I have three black shirts. One of them is 
It's got the phone number, which, by the way, people can text 314-916-4875 as well. That's one of the T-shirts. The other one is, I think one is a first form and one is an Arte shirt. But the reason I brought this up is because I traditionally wear white shirts. But get this, out of the 20 white shirts that I own or so, they're they're all dirty. So this is the only clean. This is the only clean t-shirt, hence why it's blue. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel you on that. I'm on week three of travel. So, yeah. you know, uh, when I was at my mom, she was uh, nice enough to do some laundry for me. But I'm looking at my suitcase and the laundry pile is definitely r- rivaling <laughs> the non-laundry pile, we'll just say. <laughs> Right, right. I feel you know, I feel like, um, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is definitely a roller coaster. And let's just say that, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I less and less care now more than ever about my physical, like, like what clothes I wear, I just wear what's comfortable. Literally, it's like, what is what makes me comfortable? That's why white t-shirts and and jogger pants actually is like my is like my thing. Literally, I wear jogger pants and my black shoes and white t-shirts just about everywhere. And people kind of. Yeah, it's and I think this is important, you know, because I think as an entrepreneur is you you have to feel comfortable, you know, in in the clothing that you're in, because that kind of in part sets kind of the tone for your day, right? Well, is I, I, actually, I have strong opinions on this, actually. I, okay. I, I feel we're very much in this postmodernist era where mm-hmm. it is about, you know, uh, you know, de, de, like uh, what we call it, like debasement is a, and destruction as opposed to elevation um, and creation. And part of that you see in people's attire. You know, so yeah. I, I'm from New York. I grew up right outside New York City. And I, for most of my life, I wanted to be in fashion. You know, I, I for my, I think it was my 12th birthday, I actually did a fashion show uh, for my birthday party. It was right across the street from one of my favorite stores. They lent me all these clothing, uh, some of which I purchased. And I, there was a Italian restaurant across the street. I mean, I was 12. So, um, and I created a runway and, you know, we modeled their clothes. Like fashion was something I always had a tremendous passion for. One day I'm going to have a petite line of ready to wear. There's lots of petite, like, you know, work clothes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole yeah. petite ready to wear. And uh, so it, I say all this to say that it's something that I am very passionate about. And it's not because of people think of fashion as being frivolous. But the, the truth of the matter is that, it is about how you're presenting yourself. And I think mm-hmm. in this world of the, the postmodern world, people walk around in sweats. And not to say that that's never okay. There's certainly times that I'm guilty of this. But I, I don't think that it's okay to go to the theater in sweats. I don't think it's okay to mm-hmm. you know, go to, I, I, I'm not a church goer, but if you were to go to church, I don't think that's appropriate. You know, there's, how you put yourself together is an element of that putting effort and yeah. it, it's respect and it is a self-expression. Um, and I think it's very important and I think we've lost so much of it. And it's actually one of the things I most look forward to. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at lots of different places, but Florida was one of the places I was looking at and it, what everybody's like, Oh, well the weather, you know? And I was like, that's actually not as much of an appeal for me because you don't mm-hmm. need to rest, you know, tank tops and shorts is not fashion. That's not style. 
<laughs> you know, and it, it's yeah. fun. You know, we all love to, you know, hang out at the beach. And I'm certainly, I, I live on the beach. I love the beach, but yeah. it's not, it, it's not fashion and it's not, um, it's not elegant. Mm-hmm. And I, I really miss that. And even New York is losing that. And I think it's really sad. No, that's a really good point, Courtney. And um, I'm glad you brought that up because I think as a society, in part, we're becoming too lazy. But you made a good point about like, you know, you're not going to wear sweats to the theater, right? And it's I think in a and there's a lot of people, especially I think in in American culture, is it's that I don't wear sweats, you know, to the theater because I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's like there's certain places where. And maybe I've become too accustomed to like T-shirts and jogger pants also, which I'm just as guilty because if I was to, here's an example. If I was to take, you know, uh, oh, Valentine's Day. So we went out to dinner with my wife, actually. And like, I, you know, I put on something more presentable because, you know, we went to a restaurant where I dropped $200 on dinner, basically. So I was like, you know, this is this was like a more finesse, you know, was looking out on the lake. You know, the environment was really, it's the type of restaurant that, you know, they have like weddings and such, you know, it's like a little bit more upper scale, right? It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going out to McDonald's to get some fast food or something, you know, it's right. like more of a, it's the experience. And so, but I agree with you. It's like, I wouldn't have walked in there with jogger pants and a white t-shirt. You know? I not. <laughs> if I were your wife, I, I might uh, reconsider things if you did. <laughs> I know. Right. And I it's, um, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, as, as a culture, we've become like so accustomed to that. Like we just I, th- I think I think some people just don't put in the effort. They just don't recognize because like you mentioned, I think you have a deep appreciation for fashion. I think a lot of people, you know, just like I'll just wear whatever's comfortable. Right. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that it's it's not just about fashion. A lot of it is about mm-hmm. respect. You know, in, in olden days, people would get dressed just to walk up and down Fifth Avenue or Madison yeah. Avenue. You know, like that, that was just to go walking. They would get dressed and put on their, you know, Sunday's best or what, whatever yeah. that may be. Yeah. And there is something to be said for that. It is about, I, you know, we're in uh, today's culture. It's the way people interact with each other is so, yeah. uh, it, it's so debased, you know, I think because yep. of the uh, amount of social media and all the technology, people don't engage in as much personal, interpersonal uh, interaction. And, no. you know, when you're in person, there is an element of you want to put your best foot forward. That's not uh, that's that's not the same thing as like a desperate need to be liked. Or I think we've gone to the other extreme where people are like, don't worry about whether people like you, you know, just do whatever makes you feel good. Well, you know, we're social creatures. Like there's that happy medium, like don't compromise who you are. Don't be disingenuous, but also don't be like, you know, don't be a jerk to other people. And other people don't need to see you in your pajamas any more than other people need to, you know, smell your uh, unbrushed teeth breath. You know, it's just disrespectful. So it's, um, so ironic you talked about this because uh you said pajamas like i know uh, when i go to a gas station and uh, i hardly ever go to a gas station late at night uh, it's usually you know to fill up my wife's car or something for the next day so it'll be like you know nine or ten o'clock and then you'll see someone strolling their pajamas into the gas station i'm just like what the hell like did you forgot to just get dressed 
you know, like going into the gas station. I mean, you're right. It is disrespectful is because I don't want to see you in your pajamas and yeah. just like in, in, in the gas station. It's like, and it's not about, you know, to me personally, it's not as much about disrespect to me, but it's do you respect yourself enough to put that yeah. effort in? Exactly. And, and, and you don't, it's then, about self-respect. That's yeah. really what it is. You know, self-respect requires a little grooming, a little bit of self-care. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, people think self-love is like all this for, for like, you know, I just love myself and I spend all day in the spa. That, that's not self-love. Like self-love yeah. is a little tough love. And, you know, it's doing the hard work and it, holding yourself accountable for things and caring about yourself enough to do so. You wouldn't go five years without making a doctor's or dental appointment, you know? So why would you, and there's always exceptions. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I yep. certainly don't spend every day like fully decked out, you know, but to never do it and to go out into public situations where you're constantly in your sweats and especially women, like, you know, not brushing their hair, never putting on makeup. It's just, I, I think there's been a, a real, uh, a loss of, uh, I, it is self-respect and it is this mm. desire to elevate, you know, yeah. why not put your best foot forward? That's not, I, I think we've gone so far from one extreme to the other, you know, there's, everybody has, there's such a backlash against like, you know, the model perfect and, you know, what the, what you see on the magazines or the, you know, hyper, uh, photoshopped images on social media. And that, that's not what I'm saying you should aspire to. Everybody knows that that's an illusion, you know, but that doesn't mean you don't want to be the best you can be, you know, for the same reason that you work on your business, the same reason, you know, you take care of your health, you go to the gym, you, or, you know, engage in some sort of fitness practice. Um, it's for yeah. all the same reasons. So, yeah. You know, it's so ironic as we, as we just kind of chatted over the last five, 10 minutes about some of these things, because We've naturally segued into the topic I, I actually wanted to talk about today, which is the war against yourself, you know, and, you know, you talked about the fact that I think a lot of people are just not putting an emphasis or not stressing the importance of like how they want to present themselves or uh, what matter or truly matters to them because they're so their judgment, their decision making is so clouded by social media and what everybody else is doing and and paying attention to. Okay, well, it's okay to go to a gas station in PJs. No, it's not. Just because you saw somebody else, it's not. You know, it, 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 it's it's okay to do this because everybody else is doing. It. No, it's not. It's and the, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think too many people are having having a hard time making decisions for themselves and determining what's important to them because they're so worried about acceptance from the world or, or worried about judgment from the world. I know you just did a podcast with, uh, with Zuby, uh, actually today, um, who's a very well-known rapper. And, uh, I really enjoyed actually that episode for everybody listening and watching, make sure you subscribe to the Courtney Turner podcast as well. Amazing, amazing, uh, podcast, uh, as well. But you know, that's uh, some of the, the, the social and the cultural issues that we're currently facing that I think really it should be to figuring out who does Courtney want to be? What does Ivan want to be? And not worrying about what does the world want you to be? Or what does your parents want you to be or your friends or even loved ones, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues right now is just, are people afraid to think for themselves? Are they afraid, 
you know, to be judged? Are they afraid to make a mistake? God forbid, <laughs> you know, because we're such perfect creatures, right, as human beings. But, I, you know, that's what I wanted to spend some time talking about, because I'm seeing a lot of that, Courtney. And I think now going into 2021, you know, there's the social, there's the cultural, there's the, you know, the civil, there's just so many things. And I think a lot of people are afraid almost. I feel like there's a huge sense of fear that's been like implanted on people to where, you know, they're not really pushing to figure out, like, like you said, because, you know, being an Eastern European, we're talking about fashion, right? I remember, you know, growing up is that I remember like my parents getting dressed up. I remember when my grandmother was, was alive, when my grandfather was alive, they would get dressed up, you know, for like, I, I remember them doing that. And to me, you know, it registered this thing that, you know, to say it in layman's terms is that if I'm going somewhere that's like more, you know, official type is that it will make sense, you know, not to wear like shorts or something or just jeans, you know, like be, be more presentable. Like even going out with family, I remember like having family dinners, which happened once in the blue moon is like, would I actually get dressed up, you know, or like even going to church, getting dressed up. Right. Like not strolling to church. And mind you, <laughs> the last few times I was at church, I've seen people strolling with shorts. And I'm just like, and immediately sets this tone that it's acceptable to people. People think that it's acceptable to just wear jeans or shorts and, you know, be, don't don't bother getting dressed up or don't bother thinking for yourself. You know, just do what everybody else is doing, you know. And I feel like that's far from the truth. And it's because so many people are afraid they're afraid. And that is why too many people now more than ever. I mean, let's face it. Last year, we've, we've seen an increase in, you know, depression and anxiety and suicide rates and all of that. It's because I think too many people's judgment and the ability, you know, to fight for what they believe. And like you said, going to the gym, eating healthier. Why do you need to do that? Like I even made a post on my Facebook profile yesterday. By the way, I invested an entire bag for meal prepping. I spent a hundred freaking dollars on a meal prep bag because I said to myself, enough, enough, Ivan, with the bullshit, you can do this. Mm -hmm. That's just it. It's like you do or what most people struggle with is finding out, do the things that you want to do for yourself, mm -hmm. not anybody else. Right. And I think the social media world, the Instagrams and the Facebooks of the world is clouding people's judgment because they're almost being brainwashed into like, nah, that's okay. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't invest the time. You know, it's okay just to work, you know, a nine to five job and barely make it, you know, like that, that's, that's cool. But I'm going to bitch about being broke. Right. I, I mean, it's fine to work. I, 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 I think it's fine to work a nine to five job and I think it's fine to not make a lot of money. Honestly, it, what, what it comes down to is what are your priorities? So for some people, money is not a motivator and some people don't need a lot of money. They're very happy subsisting on less, you know, they'd rather not have the headache. Um, and they know how to uh, provide for themselves without uh, extravagant means. And that yeah. that's awesome. But it boils down to, Figuring out, you know, I remember when I was seven years old, my dad asked me, what's the definition of success? And, yeah. you know, I, I said, well, you know, I think it varies for each person. It depends on the uh, markers that you've set for yourself and if you've accomplished those, you know, and what your priorities are. 
and my dad was very shocked, but very pleased. <laughs> um, he, and I, I think okay. I was kind of surprised by his, you know, the, the reaction that I got from him. And he said, why is that wrong? Did I define it wrong? And because um, I didn't give like a definition, you know, I gave more of a personal kind of you know, yeah. impression of what I thought success was. And, uh, he, you know, I, it really boiled down to achievement and accomplishments. But I said, you know, that varies. It depends on what you what's important to you. And he said most people would have defined it as material, you know, accomplishment, like making a lot of money. And I said, but not everybody wants a lot of money. And that's really true. I think that, you know, yeah. uh, I'm not opposed to people wanting to make money for the same reason that I'm not opposed to people wanting to look their best or, you know, uh, perform their best or, you know, whatever it is that's important to them. Um, but what I think, so, you know, you, yep. you asked about the war against yourself and, you know, you're talking about like social media people being brainwashed. And I think, you know, certainly we're seeing a lot of brainwashing, especially in 2020. We saw, you know, the cheapest method of marketing is fear mongering and the media is uh, masters of it. And, you know, certainly yeah. we had the, the COVID uh, crisis. I, I won't even call it a pandemic. You know, the C CDC said it doesn't even qualify as an epidemic. So I, I won't call it that. And I'm not saying, I just want to clarify for those listening, watching, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's not a real virus. I'm saying it doesn't qualify as a pandemic. There is a difference. Um, you yeah. know, it has 99.98% survival rate for most people. Uh, those over the age of 75, it's 99.95% survival rate, you know, um, yeah. it's pretty high and people do die of all sorts of things. You know, they die of the flu, it's tragic, but, but it happens. So I don't think yep. you can stop your life, but the media has used this as a great marketing tool to, uh, promulgate fear, which is a great tactic for controlling people. So I do think that's part of it. The brainwashing is absolutely a part of it. But I also think the other part of when you talk about social media in particular, yeah. uh, even the media is distraction. Uh, a lot of people, what people fear, I think more than anything is, and most people are not honest about this, but they don't fear, and this goes back to the war against yourself, right? Most people, yeah. they, if you ask them what they're afraid of, they'll talk about things that are external. Uh, people like to blame outside and point fingers because it's a lot easier. But if you were to get very honest with someone, I think most people, the things that they're really afraid of are internal. You know, we're afraid of not living up to our own standards, our own dreams, our, um, you know, not realizing the dreams that we have set out for ourselves, no. Um, no. not living the life that we, we want to live. And those are things that, you know, we're disappointing ourselves. I, I think that these are the things that terrify us more than anything. And yeah. To grapple with our own challenges, our own weaknesses, our own limitations, uh, I think that those things are actually really scary. And so the war against yourself is usually uh, not acknowledging what those are and not being willing to face them head on. Yeah. So you know, I, <clears throat> I wanted to go back to something that you said that when, when your father asked you, What's your definition of success when you were really young? And uh, someone said this to me recently that they, they said, Ivan, do you remember that little boy? And they were talking around my age of like probably seven to 12, roughly, because it was at the age of 12, actually, when we when we started the immigration journey. Um, 
And it really got me thinking about what is my definition of success? And I realized, holy fuck, Ivan, you spent 25 years of your life like like knowing what success is to you, but being so afraid to pursue it. Because like you said, when your father had asked you, what's the definition of success? Then most people respond with something materialistic. And that was my perception of it is it's like, well, you know, I just wanted more money. I just wanted a better life. But I didn't fully flush it out. Like I didn't exactly know, like, okay. And now to me, success is uh, family, health and fitness, and a thriving business. Those are the three things. And But it took all this time for me to truly put it in perspective for myself and then really start putting all my energy towards that. And it wasn't until I finally, and this was probably five years ago, honestly, when I really, really, I said, okay, and I talked about this in the past. So number one, I knew it was family. I've always wanted family. So that's my definition of success. But number two was between business, entrepreneurship, and then health and fitness Mm -hmm. also. But on the grander schemes, so the family part of it, you know, I had that down. I, you know, I had wanted to be a father for as long as I, I, I would know. I mean, be married for a second time, having a, in a relationship prior that didn't work out, you know, definitely put a twist to things. But, you know, I just had to write it out, basically, because it was happening for a reason. So when that happened, I'm like, okay, well, one part, a dream, a goal of success is having family, and I've achieved that. But then number two and number three, it was like health and fitness. And mind you, I come from a background where it was okay to eat five course meals, God knows how many times per day. And so I became used to it. And I thought that was normal to eat steaks and kebabs and all kinds of fattening shit and, and, and drink soda like crazy, you know, because like that's how I was taught. But here's the thing is I had one of the biggest mental shifts when I realized that Ivan, just because you were you were taught to eat like shit doesn't mean you have to eat like shit. If you want, yeah, exactly. You're because control, I, you have control over what you put in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah, you. Absolutely good point. And that's when I was like, well, Ivan, you want the dad bod now. So like take some action towards like making that fucking happen. And that means stop eating greasy shit, stop eating hamburgers, stop eating crap that's not good for you. And mind you, this has been one of my biggest struggle. But suddenly health and fitness, where it was like number three, now it advanced to the second spot because I realized that, all right, so if I don't eat better and if I don't if I don't feel better about myself physically and emotionally, which stems from food, right, because most people shove food in their mouths to feed that emotion, to feel better about themselves, right? I, so, yeah, go on. Right. No, well, go ahead. I actually would say that it's a, it's a feedback loop. And just mm-hmm. like you're talking about, you know, the self-respect and wanting to, you know, get dressed and put yourself together, I, I think the same thing is true for your lifestyle habits, and that includes your, yeah. your nutrition, your fitness. Um, you know, when you feel good about yourself, you make better choices. So... It's, and, and then you make those choices and it, it reinforces you feeling better about yourself. And so it is a feedback loop and it's a positive feedback loop. Um, but I think that's part of why, you know, the truth of the matter is that exercise is not actually, uh, you know, a key component of weight loss. You know, it, it's a myth. Uh, in fact, a lot of people who are not uh, stringent about their nutrition end up gaining weight when they mm-hmm. start 
exercise regime because they're hungrier. You know, you're burning more. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the, what it does do, and, and in terms of like physique and like, uh, you know, fitness goals, exercise is phenomenal. And it's the best, you know, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, all the, I can go on and on about, you know, the benefits of exercise. But yeah. my in terms of physique, you don't actually need it. But what it does do is it typically changes people's behavior because yeah. they don't want to quote unquote ruin the good work that they just did. They worked so hard. You know, I mean, physical labor is hard. You know, anybody, you know, I, we live in an age because of the information age and the technology age where, you know, this young generation thinks that hard work is sitting at a laptop. And I don't want to undermine, you know, some of the great intellectuals that we have today. Right. Because, you know, there's certainly a value and I have tremendous respect for them. But, you know, keyboard warriors are not working nearly as hard as a lumberjack out in, you know, <laughs> that, right. They're doing real physical work. Yep. And kids today don't know a whole lot about that, you know, and I, I include myself in that, you know, but when you go to the gym or you go to, right, it doesn't have to be the gym, but any kind of physical training, you experience how hard it is. It's difficult. You know, your mind says, okay, we're done. You know, your body can keep going. Your mind is like, all right, I'm, this is hard. I don't want to do this. Why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. But after that, you're more likely to, make better choices because you've just invested so much. It becomes cognitive dissonance. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, and that was probably one of my biggest struggle for years, honestly. I mean, I stopped counting of all the weight loss programs that I had been through or, or different programs. And I know in part was my failure to uh, be persistent with them because I was looking for instant results. And when I shifted my mindset towards, um, you know, like you said, it's a behavior, it's more of a behavior change, the way you feel about yourself, your, your perspective on things, your outlook, you become a little bit more logical and realistic and rational about things mm -hmm. with exercises. One, I really started to see, and that's why health and fitness really, you know, escalated from the third spot in terms of priority to number two and entrepreneurship and business, you know, took a number three spot is because I realized that, well, if I eat better, first of all, I curb my heartburn. And mind you, you know, I'm drinking coffee, but this is black coffee and Dunkin' Donuts and Seattle's best are the only types of black coffee that does not give heartburn. And how I was reminded of this actually this past Friday was at a meeting with a new client we're, mm -hmm. we're going to meet at Starbucks, which I found out that their dining room was closed when I got there. So no. we couldn't even meet. We had to go elsewhere. But of course, I walked in to get, you know, to, to be a good customer and buy a cup of coffee. Right. Well, I just got black coffee. And then like two hours later, I'm like, why do I have heartburn? Right. Like I haven't had heartburn in months probably because, again, making better choices of what I eat and what I put in my body. And then I realized that the Starbucks coffee, because it's burned for yeah, extra burned darker, everything. richer flavor, yeah. is yeah. that's what gave me heartburn. But that's exactly it's acidic. That's yeah. right. And that's why. And I found Dunkin' Donuts and Seattle's Best being the only types of coffees that are not acidic. And it's that acid that cold actually. Brew is probably, there, there are some others I could recommend for you, but cold brew is probably going to be, it tends to be lower acidity. But I wanted to get back to the war yeah. on yourself. I think a yeah. really good question for people to ask themselves. So, so for you, you know, is 
now you've shifted the priority of what your goals are in terms of what defines success for you. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, I was talking about people that are, we talked earlier about fear. And I think it's a really good question to ask, what would happen if I achieved my goals? Because I think this is, and we, we, we've alluded to this early on like yeah. earlier episodes, but I think what shocks people is that it's not so much fear of failure that terrifies people as much. It's often yeah. that fear of success. They go hand in hand because the yeah. more success that you actually have, the higher the stakes are and the more likely to fail from there. And then when you fail from higher up, you know, it's a bigger fall. <laughs> um, and yeah. so I think that's a really good question to ask is like, if I were to achieve this, how will my life change? And yeah. how do you feel about that? And I think yeah. that oftentimes <laughs> is more why people sabotage themselves than the fear of human knowledge. Yeah. That's a really good point, Courtney. And I've actually have asked that question myself many times. Mm -hmm. and, and again, one of the reasons why I, I picked this topic is because there's a lot of entrepreneurs and, and, and dreamers and go-getters to watch and listen and follow me, follow you on social media that are going to be exposed to this content. And I'm almost certain that they have asked themselves these questions, this very question specifically. Yeah. And I think in part, at least years ago, I was afraid of just what you said is my fear of uh, succeeding in uh, with family, with health and fitness, with with business. And now from a business standpoint, specifically, as I'm seeing this evolution of my business and my brand, mm -hmm. um, I think for one, I become even more immersed into it and a much bigger believer that like that will actually happen. And I think that fear factor is slowly diminishing, not quite, but it's still diminishing uh, at a faster rate, because I'm starting to realize that, like you said, stakes are higher. You know, when you get in a better shape, stakes are higher. You got to perform at a higher level, right? With businesses, you got to perform at a different level. And then you escalate and grows and grows and grows. And I was afraid, but then I realized that, I mean, this is what you wanted. Right. You know, th this is what you asked for. This is what you aspired for. And I think that's what people forget is just that. So talking about the war against yourself is just that, well, you got to define what your priorities are, what, what your, what your, what your purpose and passion and what you want to accomplish. And then just be vigilant in pursuit of that. And, and why, why do you want those things? Because that, you know, right. who, who knows uh, his why can combat anyhow. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's a quote from Nietzsche. And it's really true. Like if you, he'll figure out the how if you if you know your why. So yeah, no, that's the why is really big. Absolutely, I'm a big believer of that. Is and for me, why is why is because I want a better life. I want a better life for my family. I want a better life for my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be able to to do the things that I never could do that you know I didn't have access to, which includes travel, spending more time with my family. But the biggest thing is is that especially from a business standpoint is the so as the business grows, it gives me the ability to create impact in the world and impact and influence other people. And I, I mean, I've had just three people over the last couple of weeks that I've talked to that I had no idea that I just influenced them on the things that I said, I, or the things that I told them because they were questionable about their intentions. They were questionable about their goals and dreams. And I said, you know what, man, I, I've been there. You know, it's OK. I get it. 
You know, we all go through this, but you know what? What makes you different is when you keep pushing forward. You just be be resilient in your pursuit because that's that's where people really stop in their tracks. I mean, how many people, how many entrepreneurs stop at in their tracks, whether it's building a business or or family or health and fitness? Because yeah. I know I have before they've put in the due time because well, you know, my people in my network are not doing it. You know, health and fitness is not cool. You know, I'll just eat a protein bar and I'll call that eating healthier. You know, like it's there's such a misconception that I realized that when I talk to people, including one of my newest clients, you know, I had no idea that this guy was struggling mental with so many things and just having a deep convo for like an hour and a half after a workout was like, wow. You know, his words was like, Ivan, like I've never really you know, connected, especially with a guy in such way, you know, not to mention you gave me so much to think about, like different perspective that I just really didn't see it that way before. And that's because I wasn't exposed. So again, as, 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 as my personal brands, my business grows is that it's the why going back to the why is because it's helping me impact other people and influence them and help them chase their goals and dreams. And, and, and infuse more positivity in the world. I mean, that that's why it's all of that, right. really. Because let's face it, we can never have enough positivity in the world. You know, never. In fact, we've got a huge shortage of it right now more than ever, right? So that's really important. And, and it, look, it's not, it's not hot. It's not sexy. Like you said, the keyboard warriors versus the lumberjack. I mean, here's a prime example. You know, my father, you know, ha- has a business that literally involves physical labor every single day going out there and rolling up your sleeves and doing physical work has done it for 20 years 20 plus years and so like people can be quick to to judge on things they they can they can be quick to assume and especially in social media and i've actually noticed this you know it's really funny because i was never really the guy about how many likes or how many comments or how many shares or how many views i've always been the guy about how does this message resonate with other people is it giving people value so suddenly i found out that the majority of people don't really care like it's not a priority they don't they don't see it as value and it's usually value that is intended like this episode the war against yourself the value the context that we're talking about is intended to help other people make better decisions, you know, follow their goals, you know, uh, find their why or their purpose even. But at the end of the day, you know, and this is true in social media is that as the saying goes, you can only lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So it's like, you can't force people to take action, you know, but because they're the ones that have to take action. So at the end of the day, you know, you can hear all the inspiration and motivation from, you know, you and me, you know, or anybody else in the social space. But the way you're going to be able to invoke change is by taking action, like Mm -hmm. literally getting up and saying, all right, today I'm going to make stride to to eat a little bit better than I did yesterday. One percent better today than you were yesterday and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day until I think a friend of mine told me is that a good habit takes 21 days to build. Yep. Yep. But it deteriorates in a split of a second. Yep. That's right. Isn't that crazy? So like you can go from 
uh, you know, let's say having a better nutrition, right? And working towards that for 21 days to where, you know, you build that momentum and it uh -huh. becomes more of a natural thing. But then the next day you could say, you know, I'm going to roll my ass down to the McDonald's drive-thru and give me a Big Mac meal because it just sounds good. So it's harder to resist, right? Sure. Well, here's the thing with that, though. It, you can make a choice like that, and it's a conscious choice. And if you build the habits, then you know that it's an isolated incident. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just like, let's say, let's take another analogy. If you're really... Uh, you know, perspicacious with your banking, right? You're yeah. really diligent in your finances. And then it, you're like, actually, I've got a little bit of surplus, you know, and I'm going to go splurge. I'm going to buy, maybe there's like a, a gadget you've really been wanting or a new computer or yeah. it doesn't mean that for the next, you know, three months, you keep buying a computer a day. It means, okay, you know, right. I've been really diligent. I built good habits yeah. and now I have a little bit to play with and I'm going to treat myself. That's okay. That's why you build the habits. You build the habits so that you are conscious of the choices that you're making that are outside those habits. They don't become your default. That that trip to McDonald's is not your default. It's an exception. It's an exception to the rule. And it's fine. I mean, I don't really advocate McDonald's ever, but like, but for some people they like it. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, I certainly have my vices in all areas of life, you know, that yeah. we're human. We have vices. But the key is to build those habits so they're so strong, they fortify you against those urges to default into negative habits. So that they're, the, the negative habits are the exception. They become the, you know, they're the exception, the, the treat, if you will. I, I don't really love to call it a treat because I think people create paradigms psychologically around that. I'd rather yeah. just see that, you know, you have really good habits and then every now and then you're really conscious that you're making a choice that's different from your typical habits. And I, I, I support that. No, that's a really good point, actually. And um, it actually validates it. Well, what I the example that I use with McDonald's is because mm -hmm. <clears throat> here's an example. You know, I've been I've been stagnant at the same weight for four weeks now. Mm -hmm. And uh, now as I'm evaluating the choices that I made is this is in part that I would make too many exceptions to my habits. Right. Like I would follow my trend has been Monday through Friday, usually, like I'm eating on, you know, my nutritional diet. So, you know, I'm eating what I'm supposed to be eating. I meal prepped now finally. So this is my actually first week. I'm actually going to be more accessible as opposed to because I was preparing my food. And that was another problem is that but it wasn't like ready made to I could just pop it in the microwave and warm it up. But now it is. So I'm interested in seeing how that's going to fluctuate. But as I'm looking at the last four weeks is this that I realized that uh, at least for me, I'm one of those people that if I just stick like seven days a week, you know, and every week to like, here's my diet, I have no exception. I tend to actually burn out right. because I feel so limited. Most I feel like, yeah, so I feel very limited. And so that's a really good point that you said. So like, it's usually Friday nights or like Saturdays, I'll have like a cheat meal, which usually involves like, you know, having dinner with the family out. Um, you know, my son likes to have pizza. My daughter likes to have pizza also. So like we do, it's almost like a traditional Friday nights and sometimes on Saturdays too. So that's a really good point that you mentioned is because I think, you know, as human beings is just that, you know, we will become kind of burnt out, I think. And, but, but the real di differentiating factor that you mentioned that I really, really want to reiterate is the fact 
that as long as you acknowledge that it's an exception and that you don't make it a normal thing. And that's why you have habits because then you default to your habits, right? And so this is a, a, you know, a, a, veering from the habits it becomes the exception it is not your habits and that's what's really important but you touched on something where you said like you get burned out and a lot of people are like that but i think the most important Mm -hmm. thing is to find habits that work for you because everybody is different you know so it needs to be something that you can really make a habit some people need to be you know very very rigid they cannot veer um or they can only have one exception uh, some people like to have that routine where they they have a built-in exception, you know. Um, but whatever it is, that's why you build habits because you're you're finding what it is you can stick with. You know, people always ask me like, "What what's the best exercise? What what should I do?" I'm like, "The one you'll do," <laughs> and it's really true. You know, obviously there's a you know there's nuances depending on your goals. I, you know, different yeah. different exercise is going to create slightly different results um but for the most part it's really about the habits it's like what are you going to do what do you enjoy and that's the same when you're building any kind of habit you know like you talk about entrepreneurs right i think one of the things entrepreneurs really struggle with because most entrepreneurs are creatives right creatives don't like hyper rigidity you know they they're Mm, kind of free spirits in a lot of ways want to push the envelope they they like a little spontaneity and they don't want to be boxed in but if you're an entrepreneur as you know you have all sorts of balls that you're juggling that are in the air and you got to catch all of them they're all over the place and what's really going to help you is having time management and that is something that you know i think a lot of people really really struggle with i always say that you know that's it's one of the things i'm going to drill into my children like the importance of time management um, and yeah. it is a skill. It comes much more naturally to some than to others. And I think it is difficult for entrepreneurs because of their creative nature. But creating, so I've heard all sorts of strategies like, oh, well, you just, you know, color block in your calendar. You just, you make up a, a schedule that's really rigid for yourself every day. And you know what? Those things don't work for everybody. So it's about building yeah. that habit. So some people like to have every hour blocked out and they have to to have it written down they have to have, you know the whole week laid out and it, that works for them other people yeah. like have a little bit more leeway they you know there needs to be some structure but maybe they're like okay i have two days a week where we kind of see what pops up and i do those or you know we uh we block it half the day but you know and obviously you have certain obligations everybody has certain obligations yeah. where they have to be at a certain place certain time or do a certain thing at a certain time but you know, that's a habit. So some, you know, some entrepreneurs are like, well, I'm going to block out this time for me time. So it's either their journaling or their, their workout or yeah. they structure that at a certain time every day. And that works for them because it creates a sense of routine for them. It creates habit for them. Um, but yeah. that, that's really what it is. It's about finding what it is you're going to stick with. And then, you know, 21 days later, you know, almost a month later, you've built uh, something that is natural for you and that you would default to as opposed to something that might be a more destructive pattern. Yeah, no, that's a really, so in respect of time, um, that's really, I think the key message that you mentioned, Courtney, is the fact that finding what works for you 
You know, winning the war against yourself is really about finding what works for you. And you're right. I hate fucking calendars. I've always been a digital guy. You know, I hate what a lot of the traditional stuff that people do. So, you know, and that's me. That's me. I, I, and that's in part, I think has been a challenge with, with business, with life, with family, with health, shit, fitness also, you know, because I, I was so focused on, well, people would tell me this is what it's going to work. Well, it's not going to work for me. You know, I got to figure out what works for me. You know, that might work for me. uh, So I try it. Right. Does it work? Okay, great. It doesn't work. All right. What's the alternative to it? And that's really the key message, like you said, is this that to win the war against yourself in life, in relationships, in business, is you have to find what works for you. What is it that you want? Why are you going to do it? What's the purpose behind it? Um, Yeah. So, Courtney, thank you so much, as always. I you know, these are some of the deepest camels that um that i that we have usually and i look forward to these every week and uh uh, i'm excited that we're able to jump on and do the live episode and for those watching and listening uh the audio portion is going to be available on all the major outlets later on today that you can download it and stream it on your device of your choice but um just in closing congratulations on everything that you got going on and with the podcast and new business and and relocating i i think uh 2021 is really slowly starting to fall into play for you and i'm really really excited to see about the things holy shit we're already in march so what happens in the next couple of months you know so mm-hmm. um thank you again courtney i, I again without sounding like a broken megaphone truly enjoy these convos and uh, for everyone watching and listening make sure you subscribe to the Roz project so you can check out future episodes like this one and uh, courtney have an amazing day you too thank you so much bye